So 561 Music now has a hotline. You can call us anytime at 561-203-9122 and ask us any questions you like, um, you know, some humorous ones or something about um, the guests we've had on the show or questions about gear or questions about the festival or anything you like. Um, it's, of course, 561 203 9122. We would love to hear from you. Um, we did a pretty fun little message, so you get to hear that too. Um, even if you just call up to listen to me and Hector trying to do a good phone message, that's a good enough reason. But yeah, we'd love to hear from you, so uh, please get in touch. Welcome, welcome to 561 Music. My name's Ben, and unfortunately, there's no Hector today. So um, it's just me and the guests, but um, I'm sure we'll be fine. We got this. And um, yeah, so uh, last night, we had two episodes this week, which is pretty exciting. That's quite a rare occurrence for us. We have done it before, but um, we don't very often. It's uh, mainly because um, the festival is coming up. And uh, 561 Music Festival number two on April 1st at Matthews Brewing. And um, we just needed to make sure that we had 99 episodes in the can so that the 100th episode would be the one about the festival. You know, it just kind of like adds up nicely like that. So, uh, yeah, we hopefully uh, you guys are going to enjoy a, a week chock full of 561 music episodes um in terms of stuff that's been going on well last night we had octo gato on and that was hilarious those guys are super cool we had a really really good time with them and uh as as they would say we all got laid i've got like a big pile of uh lays in, in the passenger seat of my car which is fun um and uh in other news uh justin and i have been putting together an interesting hurdy-gurdy experience for you, which is going to appear pretty soon. I played some hurdy-gurdy in front of the green screen. I'm not going to give away exactly what song we did, but it's a good laugh. I've been having a lot of fun playing the hurdy-gurdy. Um, if you don't even really know what one is, it's this instrument from the Middle Ages that uh, has like a crank on it, and uh, you play it like this. And uh, I actually have a tattoo of it up here. And uh, the whole reason that I got one was on the podcast, Justin heard me talking about the tattoo I had of a hurdy-gurdy and how much I like hurdy-gurdies. And then he put together a GoFundMe thing to help me get a hurdy-gurdy. So now I am the proud owner of one and uh, kind of beholden to all of the very kind people who gave money for me to get it and so I've just been trying to deliver you know I've been practicing the thing like crazy and uh, I'm trying to produce some content some some fun stuff for you guys to watch I'm getting there with it It is not easy I'll tell you that right now (laughs) I wasn't expecting it to be easy but it it definitely um conformed to expectations it is not but I'm getting there I have a teacher this guy called Steve Tyler he's a cool guy from England I do a zoom thing with him um every Tuesday and uh it's great. He he just has exactly the vibe of a hurdy-gurdy teacher you would expect. He look, he, he's just long hair and a beard, and he sort of looks like a, a man from the past. <laughs> he looks super cool. Anyways, um, we have Eastway with us today. We have Adam, Mike, and Nick from Eastway. How's it going, guys? Oh, it's going great, man. Thank you. Yeah, Excellent, yeah. man. 
So thanks so much for coming on. We really appreciate it. Um, so I'm not hugely up on your band, so I'm going to l- let you guys do the explaining. And um, the first thing that we generally ask on this podcast is how did you guys first get into music? And why don't we start with Adam? Like, did you have a supportive family and that kind of stuff? Yeah, well, my dad was always into music and there's always music blasting in the house he's got like a wall of cds that's just like thousands of cds but like it wasn't really any music that i honestly liked but i remember like there were some bands that like he specifically told me not to listen to right like disturbed and some <laughs> bands like that so that's kind of what i gravitated to like oh, off funny. the beginning and i think i started playing guitar in fifth grade and I had, you know, I was small at the time, so I got this, like, miniature little acoustic that was blue, and that's when I started playing. Oh, cool. Yeah, the rest is history. So did you have lessons? Yeah, I took lessons at, like, a really similar place to this in West Boca. Oh, nice. I don't remember the name, but, yeah. Did you ever do any kind of group sort of organized kind of music-related things, like, um, like at school? Did you do any of that stuff? Yeah, prior to me starting guitar lessons, I actually did – I played snare drum in the school band okay. with Nick. Oh, and, cool. uh, yeah, that was from, like, fourth grade to maybe, like, seventh grade. You, yeah. you guys all went to the same school, right? Yeah, actually, the Correct. entire band, like, grew up together, like, from, honestly, like, four years old Oh, now. that's so cool. So, like, we're pretty tight. That's so, awesome. Yeah. We'll get back to that. But what about you, Mike? How did you, uh, how did you find yourself getting into music? I, uh, my parents were always into bands. Like, my mom loved Led Zeppelin and the Beatles. My dad was, like, big Rolling Stones guy. Um, but basically, I always was around music growing up, but none of my family was, like, musicians. And, uh actually started chilling with this guy adam in fifth grade we, we were always friends but we kind of became closer in like fifth grade and uh like long story short it was we were i was at his house one day and i had seen something like on david letterman um and it was like they did a feature on uh like the world series and i was watching it because i was always a baseball player and uh they were talking about um they, they just had this montage this compilation and it had this song in the background and i was like you know the song is sick like what is this and we were chilling at Adam's uh, one day and like his brother just like randomly starts singing something. And I realized it was the same fucking song. And I was just like, yeah, what is that? Like that's, that song is sick. I don't, I don't know who that is. And Adam like turns, it looks amazing. It's Green Day. And I was just like, oh. I'd never heard of Green Day. Yeah. And so like at that point we went down the rabbit hole and like, you know, I'd love music before, but like Green Day was really for me, like the band that made me want to like play guitar and like, I be get that. You know, I, I had a similar experience with Green Day when I would, when I was a, young lad well, you know I think uh, Dookie came out when I was around 13 yeah. and that was just such a seminal album and you know I remember seeing the, them playing live one time and some thing that MTV had on and yeah it definitely turned me on to, to punk you know them and I guess you know them and Rancid and The Offspring the, the, those bands that kind of cut through into the into the sort of like the wider world from punk that you know that i think they're responsible for a lot of people getting into punk they were the gateway yeah it was i think the the song was american idiot so it was like right about the time that album had just come out and like we could like i said i kind of i was into music before like the year before i was big into eminem trying to like emulate his style <laughs> right. like as like a fourth grade kid and then in fifth grade like i said like i got into just green day and got a guitar so adam was there the first day i got my guitar i was with my mom and brother got my little squire strap yeah, it was pack. one of the combo packs from sam yeah. ashley comes with an amp like the guitar. a little amp yeah, yeah. sure yeah and you still so, have it right yeah i That's still awesome. have it 
And like Adam was kind of the one who like convinced me I could play guitar. He was just like, dude, like you could just, you know, play brain stew. Like it just goes up the neck and just like really simple it's one song. Of the first songs we teach, like in, you know, a lot of my the teachers that work here at LMC, you know, what we'll get them started on brain stew. Yep. Yeah, yeah, like yeah. brain stew hitching a ride, and it was just like simple, and it's just like. You know, it was easy enough to convince you that you could play it, and it was just like, you know, you didn't have to be a guitar god or a virtuoso to, to get into it. So that's Yeah, totally. I think that's one of the good things about punk rock in general is that it's accessible in that way. Yep. You know, I, I, but then not to the point where it's like punk rock is this weird, easy genre. It isn't, but like some of it is relatively easy to play on the guitar. Exactly. I think some people would be confused by that and be like, oh, it's all easy and rubbish, but that's not the case at all, you know. So like the guitar, like the drums, that's a different story. Exactly, yeah, yeah, yeah totally. <laughs> um, Nick, how did you find yourself getting into music? Um, so my parents were always into music growing up, and then my dad, when I got a little older, my dad told me he was actually in a touring band back in the day as a drummer. So oh, that's cool. why I played, started playing drums because of him. Um, he was in a big hair band like back when that was a popular style. Oh, that's rad. Um, yeah, he moved down here when he was super young. Did he have big hair? Yeah, oh, yeah, yeah. Some yeah. Full <laughs> spandex, get up, eggplant colored hair what down to his ass. Yeah, I mean, just ridiculous. I love it. But uh, now, so he was the reason I started. And I think I started playing drums around age 10. And uh, I think they gave me, like, a loaner kit from, like, my cousin. And then a year later, they, we went and bought, like, a starter Yamaha Riding kit, 500 bucks at, like, Guitar Center or something like that. And then from then on, it was just nonstop playing the drums. Took lessons for most of high school. Right. Um, actually had my teacher, a guy named Jeff Lafferty. I haven't talked to him in forever, but he was a great instructor. He's a drummer for a... A jazz fusion band called Blue Fire. I don't know if he's okay. still in it or not. I haven't really kept up with him. But uh, he was a Berkeley grad. So he was, at first it was just the basics and all that. And then eventually one day he sat me down, like I think junior year of high school. He's like, all right, so from this point on, these lessons are either for fun or we're doing this to get you to audition for, for Berkeley because like, he can get me the audition. And uh, yeah. probably me being a shithead stoner, punk mm-hmm. rocker back then, you know. I was like, yeah, nah, this is just for fun. But, yeah. you know, so it's been, yeah, it's just been drums ever since. We were talking about uh, that drum kit earlier. So you've been playing on that drum kit for a long time. You just got the just got the new one, right? Yeah, I've basically have had that kit. I don't know, I can even add the, up the years. But I, I've finally, in the last year, bought my first kit that I bought myself. That oh, I wasn't cool. just the same one I've had since I was a kid, you know. Yeah, when we get so into the good. gear, we'll take a look at that. That's awesome. So, um, how did the how did the band start? Um, any of you guys can take that. How's, how did you guys find um, yourselves playing music together? So, back in like middle school, we we weren't all the same people in the band that we are now, but majority of us were. Uh, we had a few. It was like I think Mike, myself. I think Adam and our friend Jack, and it was I think three guitars and a drummer. No, I wasn't in it at the time. It was you Andreas, were? Jack, and Mike oh, yeah, all okay. playing guitar, yeah, yeah. no so basses. Three, <laughs> no basses, three guitars, a drummer, and like we just would just play, and it sounded terrible. But we kind of we would play in Adam's parents' like living room, like just just let us play. We lucky there. Adam's parents. Yeah, and then uh, once we kind of like got towards high school ish. My my parents' old house, they actually converted the garage into an air-conditioned room because they thought it would be like a media room. And then eventually they're like, uh, you guys can just take it over. So oh, that's it literally awesome. became a dedicated band room for, I mean, forever, forever. Yeah. And it was it was awesome. They they were encouraging. They were 
super super supportive so they let us just go and whale all we wanted so it was well at the end of the day it's a you know, it's a relatively wholesome way for sort of teenage lads to be spending their time, you know, in comparison to other things we could all be doing, you know? Exactly. Yeah, yeah. No, it's, it, I, you know, if if I had kids and they, they ended up doing that, I'd be, I mean, of course I would because I'm a musician, but I'd be super supportive, yeah. you know? Yeah, that's great. Um, So when did it turn into the version it is today, like Eastway? When when did that happen? Hmm. So we've, we've gone through a couple iterations. I think we've been through like four band names by now. Yeah. Okay. And how, how many after, of you were in that? All three of you? All four of us. All plus four the other guitars. Okay, gotcha, yeah. gotcha. So it started off, our first band was probably a year or two after what Nick was talking about in the garage. And our name was Rule of Thumb. Yeah. And that's when we first started like writing our own music. His drum teacher actually recorded one of our first originals in the garage and kind of like mixed it in an hour. Oh, really? And, uh, yeah. I still have the CD somewhere. Probably my dad's wall of CDs. Yeah. <laughs> uh, and then from rule of thumb, we stayed with that for a couple years, and then we switched to the name Left on 18th, because Nick lives on 18th Street, and to get to his house, you have to turn left. Got so it, that got was it. that was the next band. It was the same four people, and um, yeah. No, after that, it was a uh, eight ounces short. Eight oh ounces short. Yeah. yeah, God. What was, was that? One? Eight, eight ounces short. Eight ounces short. So it's kind of a play on the whole fact that there's no. It was like when we started drinking, and we're like partying as high schoolers gotcha, gotcha. it's kind of a play on the whole fact that there's no 40 ounces in florida so like yeah. you know punk rock it's like oh, oes and all, old Englishes and you all that get stuff so ounces, yeah. we yeah, thought it was it. cheeky and we're like hey, right, whatever sure. okay yeah, i didn't hear what you said that's actually pretty funny yeah yeah, yeah, <laughs> yeah we, actually, we, uh, we picked up a singer in high school and right when we picked him up we switched the band name to eight ounces short and we started covering like totally different genres of music and he okay. was like he was singing like he was only a singer so we all got to focus on the music and yeah. he was really into like rancid and leftover crack and like things like that so we started playing different genre that yeah, went on i could for a see eight ounces short being like a, a crust scarf kind of like yeah. Yeah, crack exactly. rock steady type band it was, yeah, yeah it was, it was like more, crusty crusty hardcore punk it was more hardcore ska, punk. Yeah. Gotcha, yeah, like more gotcha. punk forward yeah and our friend had kind of like raspy like cigarette smoker vocals so he gotcha. was just like yeah. you know. he was a he was a stez wannabe yeah got it got it and that went on until we went to college. Yeah. Well, we dropped. We actually dropped him pretty quickly because uh, it's funny. Actually, myself and Andreas, who's not here right now, uh, we were against him because he was a good friend. But we were against him being in the band because we've heard him sing and it's just terrible. And then Mike and Adam are like, "Yeah, give him a chance." Well, well, we're like, "Okay, whatever." So it happened. He was in the band for a little bit. Um, we act- it worked out in our favor for a little stint because we got to play with his older brother's band, who was a uh, kind of like a popular local band back in the time called dead right dead right got to play with them and like inoculations some other like local bands that were i don't know if they're still a thing um but yeah there was one practice where just you know we finally saved up bought some like some some sure sm58s whatever they were and uh he just actually we stole some from our school too um but yeah he's up there singing we're like we're (laughs) we're uh i think we're covering a choking victim song it's just aggressive and halfway through the song he was just we looked over and he just starts like as his singing part ends and he starts slamming his forehead into the mic like gg allen style and we're like yeah it was the fuck are you doing bro like yeah yeah and after that i was like all right that's the last show it's like okay we need to we need to get away from this and just sound good and, i think you know. i think we still got the mic with the den in it actually. yeah yeah it's behind my drum sets yeah. i tell you what though, if it was an sm58 i'm sure it still works yeah it, does. Oh, it so, still yeah. works fine it's just I a little drove over my sm58 <laughs> in my truck and it Holy still shit. works fine yep. those things are just legendary and sure if you're listening 
We would love to have you as a sponsor. <laughs> I'm just saying, all of I these mean, come are sure. On, guys. Come on, sick. <laughs> I like the pond. Yeah, yeah, but no, I don't know. Shores is a, a badass company. They make amazing mics. Industry standard. That's great. I mean, <laughs> yeah, let's be real. You spend a hundred bucks. You have a microphone that's gonna last you. How long we've had it since high school? Yeah, over ten years yeah. later. Like, yeah. So, were you guys all playing with each other when you were in college? Still, or was that a bit of a so, break? So, uh, we took a hiatus because I mean, I mean, going through like different college apartments and whatnot. I think Adam and I went to a different school freshman year than Mike and Andreas. Eventually, junior year, we all ended up at Florida State, and again, still didn't really have. They could play, but I didn't have a place to put my drums that wouldn't get me in trouble west florida state again sorry i'm not, not from around here <laughs> not originally anyway oh that's right yeah, i've yeah, been up the there yeah, yeah i had a I, my wife had a friend who went there and we went to visit yeah. had a good time actually tallahassee's yeah, a good laugh it's pretty nasty. wild yeah. Yeah. yeah it was uh so we yeah we didn't have any place to play realistically um so we come focusing on school and whatnot and then i believe it or not I joined a fraternity and then they had a basement so at one point i asked them like are you guys cool if i put my drums down here They're like yeah just you know at your own risk kind of thing. I'm like, all right, whatever. So I put it down there, and there was, like, I think two or three times we kind of, like, got together and we played down there for a little bit just to fuck around, but, like... It didn't get serious. Yeah, right. it, it didn't get serious. And then when, when we graduated and moved back, we all got jobs and whatnot, and we decided, hey, let's revive the band. Let's, That's you cool. Know, let, let's, let's I love it. Get it's it just, together. like, the story of some really close friends, and they've been kept together by music, you know? It's yeah. really... I love that. Yeah. yeah, it makes me very happy. And I think that music does that often you know, it's one of the best things you can do with your friends and and in a way it it brings you closer together there's certain things you can't really explain or say but then you know they just through playing the music you know it, it's very bonding experience yeah you know? oh, I love it. yeah it's one of the you know it's my favorite thing to do and luckily for me i've been able to you know i now do it for a living which is just really it's a dream come true honestly you know yep. wake up every day and count my lucky stars for that that's for sure Hell yeah. it's like it's every little boy's dream yeah <laughs> yeah totally <laughs> that or like spaceman yeah <laughs> um i wonder if there's a spaceman i wonder if there's an astronaut who is also in a band <laughs> I, I wouldn't there's put it past him. Yeah, totally. he's a dude that plays guitar in space. I don't know his name, but there's like videos of him playing guitar in the in the ship. Is he the guy who went up in the Russian? Uh, the, the, it might have been. Yeah, is it, he's an American guy who went up in the Russian thing, and he has like a shaved head. Is that guy? I could, doesn't matter. I'll figure yeah. it out. Think, we'll, <laughs> we'll YouTube it no later. Maybe pull that up. <laughs> yeah. yeah, exactly. So um, that's cool. So. Now you're all together and you're you're called Eastway. Um, that's been for about what, uh, like getting on for two years, is it? Yeah, two, almost three, honestly. Okay. Yeah, we've been playing as Eastway for three. We picked the name probably two years ago. Was it yeah. what like everyone like it kind of happened in the pandemic? Yeah, uh, it was so. a little before that. It was a little oh, before. Yeah. It was yeah. before, before, it was that, before yeah. that. Yeah, it was a little before that. We actually, so the main one of the main reasons we decided we besides us like just talking to each other and be like hey let's get the band back together and do it and we're all on board um we so i was bartending down in, in boca and the owner of the place he actually has a his like office and his brands he has all his warehouse down the street so and he offered to me because i told him we were looking for a space to put our stuff offered us like a portion of his warehouse to set up in and it was charged 250 bucks a month we're like okay that's chump change we're like why not and then it was yeah. a great setup he took out all his workout equipment so we had like the the rubber flooring too, so it was great. Like 
didn't have to put a drum mat or anything down. It was just spiked right into the floor. Oh, that's awesome. And yeah, he had a he had a full bar in there and everything. So oh, it was, damn. You know, we had we had some fun, but yeah, eventually we had to grow up and get our own space. And now we've yeah. been in that space less than a year. But where's that? Like, is it? Where, so where we are actually practicing? in a warehouse space, like a. 500 feet from uh, a local brewery called Prosperity Brewers down okay. in Boca. So cool. like shout out Prosperity. Yeah, shout out Prosperity. Yeah, yeah. It's, uh, yeah, we're like, we share the alleyway with them. So, like, we're, we open up our door and we walk through their back door. You know, it's right there. Oh, that's sick. Good. It's like Spanish River and Dixie. Okay, yeah. gotcha. Yeah, like right yeah. before Dixie. Got it, got it. Yeah, that, I haven't spent a huge amount of time in Boca. I played there, you know, off and on. Um, is so the Dubliner is that that was that there's in there two one in Boca and one in Delray at one point. So there there was one in Boca a long time ago. There's one in Fort Lauderdale, but just in on a Los Olas, I believe, and it just didn't do well, so they shut it down. Okay, so the one I'm thinking about is the Boca one. Yeah, then. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And you guys played there, right? We did. Yeah, I mean they're no longer open, but yeah, we played there twice. 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 Yeah, mm-hmm. and uh, it was it was a a blast. Well, it's definitely. Because as as a band that's kind of you know punk alternative type thing like a show band you know so like a m- multiple bands on a build style of a band it's pretty cool that you could hold down two hours you know I really I respect that it's not an easy thing to do how did you end up getting that gig um, well actually it's the the owner of the the bar I worked at it's the same owner the Dubliner as the bar I worked at because they shared the courtyard together. So he was like, we had, he's like, hey, when are you guys ready to play a show? And we're like, uh, I don't know yet. And then we're like, okay. And eventually he's like, all right, guys, like, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to send you up for a show. Let's do it. I'm like, okay, cool. So he paid us, which is great. And yeah, it was his bar. So we just walked in one night, set up, and played like on Friday or Saturday night the first time. That's sick. I think the you, second time, same thing. You know, the reason I brought it up is because for one reason or another, we just couldn't get arrested in there. Like they just wouldn't have us for like ten years. I've been trying. I was trying to play there, and they wouldn't, they wouldn't have us. But it because we, I think to some people they would think that like Killbillies is like this sort of very traditional kind of Irish type of a thing, which we do have that side to us. But it's not, every, you know, it's not the whole thing. And I know that like the Dublin was specifically not trying to be a traditional Irish bar. They wanted like more kind of pop and rock and stuff like that. And so there was just this barrier to. You know, they can get past thinking like, oh, well, we have this rule that we don't have traditional Irish bands, which is a total bummer. And we tried every angle to get in there. Really? <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Drove me nuts. That's surprising. I'm, yeah, I'm kind of surprised. <laughs> you guys yeah. are, were perfect for there. I'm saying. Yeah. I'm saying. Especially yeah, we like on the same so many, Patties Day or something yeah. like that? Come on. I know. I don't know. I don't know what that was about. Anyway, it's not there anymore, so no. who, who cares, I it's guess. It's going to be a pizza place now, which is... Uh, uh, no stage there anymore. Yeah. yeah, that's a shame. You always always need a ton of places to play. You know, that, that's a bit of a bummer. I guess you can never have too much pizza in life, though. Yeah, that's true. No, this you can't. Meisner needs pizza. <laughs> we're, we're Italian, so. Yeah. Okay, gotcha. <laughs> You're Italian. Well, Nick and I, yeah. Hey. Adam's probably got some of them. I'm married to I'm Irish. Italian. Oh, there you go. Yeah, I mean, I'm about a third Irish. My dad's mom is Irish. Nice. And yeah, yeah. All oh, right. <laughs> there you go. That's pretty cool. nice. Uh, yeah. So, um, when it comes to writing songs, do you have a uh, do you have like a, an approach to it? Is there some kind of method to the madness? I I basically I'm I'm usually writing the songs, and we'll we'll try to do like a collaborative method. A lot of the time now, it's been like I'm just riffing on guitar, like playing rhythm riffs and whatever, and I'll usually come up with a riff and then try to fit a vocal melody in there which could work 
sometimes very well and then sometimes you're trying to fit in like nonsense words to like this vocal melody you're thinking of so like you don't want to do that obviously but sometimes it does actually work sure other times like it's like maybe you think of a one-line thing that could be a chorus or could be a verse that just kind of fits well into a song and then other times like we're just kind of jamming and like you know the styles we incorporate where it's like more indie or reggae or psychedelic or whatever we'll start a jam out you know clean guitars layer the you know effects on the guitars and start out kind of slow and low and then build up into a more kind of almost like a thrash metal thing or like like a you know heavier thing so we'll go from you know light rock to hard rock in that regard and then you know i could just throw some lyrics over the top of whatever we're playing and it's kind of like so you build the music and then figure out the lyrics exactly yeah Yeah. yeah. that's usually the music usually comes first i mean i I feel like we stole that kind of like style, like not meaning to, from a uh, back when we were like really into heavy into reggae. Was uh, from one of like, those uh, California like skate reggae bands, uh, Expendables. Expendables. Yeah, and a lot of their songs, a lot of like the, their crazier songs, like that slow build reggae, and all of a sudden just it just kicks in and they go into like it that eighties yeah. hair metal, like yeah, like, like yeah. just like ripping solos and stuff, and kind of just gets crazy. So I feel like we kind of like indirectly have like kind of taken that format to a certain degree and i think that's like somehow some of our songs sound like that i'd say mike's written probably 90 percent of the material we have okay like a lot of times he'll come with a riff and a vocal melody and we just kind of build that into a song Mm -hmm. yeah that's very you know that's a pretty common i've been doing this now for we're getting on for 100 episodes and and what i usually find is that there's one. There's usually one or two people who are the principal songwriters, and they they come with like a nugget, you know, mm-hmm. and then the rest of the band fleshes it out, expands it. And that that's pretty pretty common way to do it. And um, but something which isn't quite so common is that it is the idea of sort of building this uh, this idea and then figuring out how the vocals f- fit into that afterwards. And I think that's quite interesting. And I'm sure a lot of people do do it like that, but. Um, I think when I'm writing songs, uh, it's either the first way we were talking about where I, you know, I, you come with the kernel, you know, the little mm-hmm. like the nug of the song and then and, and then you figure it out from there. Because that is often the hardest bit, you know, it's like because the little nugget of the song contains what it's about, you know, the vibe of it yep. and and like the lion's share of the chord sequences. Mm. So that, that that's like. That's really the hardest bit, and sometimes that just requires inspiration. You know, you just got to go, oh yeah, you know, or walking down the street and humming something. You're like, oh, that's not a thing. Is that my thing? <laughs> yeah. yeah. <laughs> There's been very rare, but like sometimes there'll be, you know, we're just jamming, I'll start playing a drum riff that I like, and just start playing a groove, and then sometimes we'll kind of form something off of that. But it's usually not the case. Yeah. Yeah, I'm usually just like, all right, what's this? I'll just plug in and figure something out along the way. It's like four yeah. or five chords and a vocal, yeah. like one vocal melody line, and then we just build on both sides yeah. of it. It's primarily Mike writing, and then Andreas is the other portion who will write in the guitar and some of the lyrics too. Cool. Yeah, Ram, it's a shame all you guys um, couldn't have been here. Andreas is on guitar as well, right? Yeah, he's, he's on... our lead guitarist. Yeah, okay, cool. Um, yeah, I can't wait to see you guys play. I've never seen you play, so I'm really looking forward to the festival. I'm going to be really enjoying it. The uh, Everything I've seen looks badass so you know i think I, i'm assuming i'm gonna love it at this point in time i hope so, yeah, we hope yeah. you do. so. <laughs> and uh we'll be with you guys too at uh may 20th at prosperity the long live the scene oh, showcase yeah. that our, our good friend friend of the pod ricky's doing yeah um, absolutely, there's like yeah. seven eight bands that day and I, I honestly i mean 
I think it's going to be one of the biggest shows Prosperity's had for, for sure. For sure, yeah, no doubt. And I mean, you know, we talk about Ricky a, a lot on here with good reason because he does so much great work. And I, I, uh, I even wrote about him yesterday because I was talking about the scene and I was there like typing, you know, nice things about Ricky. You know, um, he and I have just started to do a. Uh, like a little scar project, which is kind of fun. Oh, that's like nice. a tra- like a trad scar project. Okay, you know? yeah. it's like kind of Jamaican scar type stuff. Okay, yeah, yeah. That, is he singing on there? Um, I'm sure he will end up doing some singing, but at the moment it's me. Cool. But yeah, um, I can't wait to hear that. Yeah, yeah. Oh, yeah, yeah. It should be pretty fun. But no, I love that guy. Um, just for his, I mean, for many reasons, but his hustle and and how much he actually cares, you know, which is. Uh, it's rare for someone to have, to have genuine empathy in this yep. world. Yeah. Yeah. He's doing a lot to try to promote and push the the local music scene, which I appreciate because it's. I mean, we don't we don't do that at all ourselves. We're just part of it. But it's it's nice to have someone who's on your side who's really trying to get it get it going in the local scene. So. Yeah, hundred percent. And I feel nice. like you know, and he'll he'll freely um, sort of admit this that when we there was this epiphanal moment when at, in the last festival where he was just like, this is amazing, the scene's going to, you know, I've got to be doing more for the scene. And since then, he's just gone tearing out of the stocks and he's been doing so much stuff. I mean, yeah. it's really awesome. I remember, I remember first meeting him, it was, uh, shit. Uh, At Prosperity, right? No, no, I met him like three years ago or something like that. Oh. Not, not even realizing who he was. He was drumming for a, a reggae band called Reggae Lou and the Kind Buds. Oh, uh, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> With that, and they had uh, what's his face from uh, this Adam Sandler movies. Oh, I, yeah, yeah, but yeah, he was like singing with them. But yeah, I first met him because I, I was working at Papa's Raw Bar down in Lighthouse Point, and they played there. And I first met him, and I was like, I just like, yeah, he seems like a cool guy. And then uh, there was one day at a local Boca like tavern, they just showed up one night, and I was drinking, and they were like, oh, they were started playing. I'm like, oh, I'm like, yo, dude, I met you, this and that. And he was like, okay, and then like, fast forward to now, it's like to see like. Now we're like friends and play together, and it's like just going from like a reggae drummer to like now they're doing this crazy. Couldn't I don't even know what the color genre, but just the shake itself. It's just and he's yeah, on guitar and it, lead vocals. It does, it's kind of a whole crazy cool. like turnaround. I love their music. Yeah, we love the shake. Yeah. So how did you? So that's how you ended up getting on that on that gig then? This other this previous festival. Yeah, it was. Uh, well, I think I mean he's trying to do more events like that, but. Uh, yeah, I mean, he's like Ricky's just credible person, credible musician. Like he's kind of taken us under under his wing and just yeah, kind of nice. given us the exposure and and marketed our band and, and like you were I on said, the Long Live the Scene uh, compilation as well. Right? We were on the Long Live the Scene with uh, Fuakata and Buck Stops Here, Dominic Delaney, and then uh, Billy Doom was on there as well. Yeah, I mean, it was yeah. a sick comp, and I, I'm stoked for the second one. Yeah, I've, I've heard it. It is dope, and I'm on the. Uh Killbillies is on the next one. Y'all are on so the next one. Right. Yeah, 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 that Rocky's producing. And, I mean, those guys work so good together. And, uh, yeah, I mean, we were we were stoked to kind of meet him. And, like I said, as soon as I saw the video for Fire, I knew that they were sick. Yeah. And after we played uh, – the first show we played with them is about Prosperity. And um, we were talking after the show and just talking about shows and stuff like that. And uh, the first show – I had gone to like on my own without my parents was uh, at Revolution with my friend Andreas and our friend Jack, and we saw the Flatliners, Expendables, and Less Than Jake. You know, three bands we all love, and there was this opening band called Scuff Shoes, a ska band, right? That opened for everybody, and I had mentioned that, and like 
Ricky was just like, oh, and I was just like, well, were you, were you there? He's like, dude, that was my band. And I was just like, bro, that was the first fucking show that I ever went to. It was just like a full circle moment thing where he's just like, that's that's crazy. Like, just gets smaller and smaller. It just proves how yeah. long he's been doing it, putting yeah. in work, and it's just like, yeah. Yeah, no doubt about it, man. Big up. Big up, Ricky. <laughs> so um, you're practicing over at your warehouse, but when you're indiv- individually – do you uh, do you guys sit at home and um and practice your instruments? Yeah, I'll sit there with my bass and yeah. just you play doing like scales with... and stuff or? Nah, not really. <laughs> I'm mostly <laughs> just I'm mostly just playing along and trying to get like my timing and my tightness like as tight as we can get. Yeah, cool. So that's honestly I think that's my favorite thing about us is like how tight we can be. We basically like read each other's minds nice. because we've been together for so long. Like all these non-vocal cues and our behavioral cues, like, that's yeah, what I really try to, like, get tight on. We got the chemistry. Like, uh, one of our friends, Tom, like, at first, we would just, like, when we had three guitars especially, we would just kind of, like, turn up the volume over each other. And, like, at a certain point, maybe more towards high school, he's just like, you know, like, you guys used to just, like, play over each other. And it's, like, it's not like that anymore. Like, you have the chemistry now. And it's just, like, learning how to read each other and learning kind of how to, to play with each other rather than, you know, because we're just turning up the amps over everybody. Oh, yeah, I know what that's, that's like. I've been there, mate. Yeah, yeah. yeah. But it's, um... That's just something you grow out of, maturity exactly. thing. Uh, yeah. You know, some people don't, but, you know, you would, you would hope that people grow hope. out of that. Yeah, yeah. What about you, man? Are you practicing at home? I'm practicing own? at home. I have my, uh, like, my little Black Star modulation amp, so I have, you know, I don't have to bring my pedal board home. I'll just have all the built-in effects and everything. I love the Black Star stuff. They're, they're good. I have, I have a 50-watt, like, HT50, and then we just upgraded to the, to the Orange Rocker Verbs, which is just like, Oh, cool. You know, so I'm, I'm thinking of eventually running the stereo rig or something get Hells, a little more yeah. f- high frequency because the orange is so fat but i've been there I've, I've done it before and it is uh it's exhilarating it is. <laughs> like i you feel like yeah. just i don't know like so powerful <laughs> you got yeah. the sound everyone, from everywhere. everyone's just like once you go stereo rig you can't go back it's just never the same after yeah that, yeah so. totally yeah i you know something i've been thinking about there's this band called string assassins um that play kind of bluegrass and type stuff like that in the area and um and they have they have stereo sound um not not like two cabs on either side cuz it's bluegrass but the you know they they're mixing in stereo and it's something that Kilbillies hasn't done but i feel like it might be an interesting experiment you know just to have especially with the guitar having two different signals and spreading it out over the over the speakers it's something i really want to experiment with because it's it would a it would be easy to experiment with it because you do have two speakers and yeah. all you could do is pan some stuff you know i don't know why we don't do it but i'm gonna get it that's one of my n- newer things that and it maybe um finally broached the whole inner monitor thing same here with that honestly. yeah yeah. Like most of the bands we play with have the in ears. I know the Shake, the entire band uses them. Yeah. And yeah, we definitely need them. We need them because, like, we play in a 300 square foot warehouse and, like, we have, like, you know, ear protection that maybe reduces, like, 20 decibels, but it's just, like, I, I mean, feel we're like, playing at 100 plus decibels yeah. every time we're in there. It's just, yeah, it's a lot. Oh, no, I know. And we have a yeah. box of, like, disposable earplugs for anyone who comes in to hang out. We're like, here, put it's these in. Like, I'm good. I'm like, no, no, you're going to want to put those in. So I've definitely got some hearing. I'm like an old man in comparison to you guys. I'm, you know, in my 40s, but I've definitely got some hearing loss from from all the years of playing really, really loud music. Um, and, you know, I produce music, and, and what I find now, it, it's not that I can't hear what I need to hear. It's my ears get tired. It's like if I if I'm doing it for hours and hours on end 
you know, I have to, I just have to take a break because I'm not hearing things correctly anymore. I think that's been the biggest thing. For the worst thing that happened to my hearing was um, I was in a rehearsal one time and there was a speaker and a, 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 and the Layla who uh, was the singer in in Son of Boom Six didn't realise that the 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 mixer was just all pegged like to up to eleven on everything you know <laughs> and she turned it on it was a mistake anyone could make she just wasn't concentrating turned it on I was stood right next to the speaker and I, I think God. I perforated my eardrum because oh I had like God. this whip. You know, like, yeah, and then I, about that, right? then afterwards I had like um, a tinnitus in one ear pretty badly, but Oof. that's kind of gone away now. I think it just had to repair itself. But you've got to look after your ears. Yeah, yep. I've gotten super into even like <clears throat> the other night when we played that show at uh, Tough Times. Like I had earplugs in my pocket immediately after our show. I put them on yeah. for the yeah, other bands. It didn't venue. seem as loud when we were up there playing, but when you're standing in front of all the amps. Afterwards, I was like, I need these in. And you were yeah. against the wall, too, so that sound yeah. just hitting that wall and reverberating right back into your... Yeah. Yeah, yeah totally. I wear them um, when I go to shows now, too. And I still don't wear them on stage. I, I know a lot of people who do, but I just... I feel like I'm in this like tiny little box if I do that. Yeah, but same here. It, yeah, yeah. yeah. It, it just kind of takes me out of the energy of the room. But I'd be interested to see what it's like with any monitors, though. Yeah. I don't know. I'm going to try that. That's the next thing for sure. So, um, yeah, what about you, man? Are you practicing at home? Uh, no. <laughs> so I have my old drum kit at home, but, I mean, me and my wife's apartment, we know, space for me to set that up and play, and I'm not trying to piss my neighbors off. Sure. Uh, but, no, I uh, for a while, I would, I would just go to our band warehouse because, I mean, when I was bartending, so my schedule was open during the day most of the time. So some days I'll just go and bring a bottle of water and just, just play play drums, mess around a little bit, you know, not putting headphones on, just kind of just come up with, like, grooves and whatnot. Yeah. Um, but I haven't done it in a little bit just because my landlord needed the key, one of our keys, so now I'm out of a key. I'm still waiting for these guys to get me there so I can copy it. But, yeah, yeah I was doing that, but now I don't have, like, I have no, like, electronic kit or drum pad. I mean, I'll play along with my hands, but, it, you know, it's not the same. Yeah, I just got an electronic kit. I have a lot of fun with that. It's cool. But because um, I've been really getting into playing the drums lately um there's this band bfd who uh so the banjo player in kilbillies james he has a punk rock band um called butch and the fat dubes but it's called bfd now i i think maybe just because it's kind of sh- i don't know they shortened it or whatever <laughs> i have i have joined it and i now play on, on on the drums in that band so i've i went crazy getting all of these drums and stuff and i've been practicing at home a lot of fun yeah it's fun i'll put yeah, you back yeah. some money though yeah, it's like a, yeah, for real, yeah. But it's you know, it's uh, it's physical. It's more physical than than other instruments. Oh, it's you a know? workout. We'll go yeah. since we're like punk forward. We'll go even just in our warehouse, like jamming and practicing. We'll get like two songs in, and I'm already sweating. I'm already like, they're like, I'm like, can we take five? They're like, dude, it's two songs. I'm like, I know, but it's <laughs> hot in here. I'm like, sweating. I'm like, you guys Except aren't working AC, out. Like, you guys 62. are just sitting there strumming and standing. You can sit down. I'm moving all four limbs. Like I ran like a five k, you know. But yeah, shirt it's all part off. of the fun. Yeah, totally. I, I, I think that part that's partly why I'm looking forward to doing it. You know, just because of the sheer physicality of it. You know, it's kind of satisfying in a way. Do you guys, um, how diligent are you with like social media and stuff like that? Have you been, have you been uh, utilizing that to your to your benefit? Of so late? we were really bad about it ourselves because I mean we're just not good. Yeah. Um, I mean, bunch of twenty nine year old dudes not really good with social media. Um, but my wife has actually taken over, um, one of our biggest supporters and Mike's, you and Mike's younger brother, Matt. Um, they both have 
been instrumental in that. They've they've really taken over the social media, helped pr- like posting stuff, plugging everything like that. I mean, they're both our uh, Mike, his Mike's little brother Matt's basically like our our video editor um, and non disclosed I guess non declared like band manager. He's been helping all that, and my wife does a lot of our phot- uh, photography. She did nice. our work for our one of our first merch uh, runs we did. So yeah, they've been That's they've awesome. been instrumental. Without them, uh, we kind of. I tell you what, blip. like it it doesn't. Some people can do it all, sort of like just in the with the people who play the instruments. But having some other people around really really helps. The uh, Danielle who does who does the social media for this podcast and she she does it for Killbillies as well. It's like night and day how much better it is now. Like, you know, it was just me struggling through, just posting things sporadically and not, never doing it properly. Now Danielle's boom, everyday consistent content, you know, it's just been amazing. Right. I mean, it's a full-time job, I'm not going to lie. Yeah, it is. And, and and it's not really, so, you know, it's not something to take lightly. I tell you what, it's such a relief as well because the problem is, like, when you start getting overwhelmed and you feel like there's just too much to do, you end up, like, doing less you know, like, I don't yeah. know about you, but that's what happens with me. I just get, you know, I, I start procrastinating on everything. If I have a huge pile of stuff to do and I can't see over it or around it, then I end up doing none of it, you yeah. know? And so just having one thing taken off my plate has just been massive. I love it. Yeah. And there's also, like, the social media meta, like, the things to do. It's like, I haven't had Instagram or Facebook in, like, 10 years. Yeah. So, like, I installed Instagram for the band and started, like, clicking around. But, like, it's all different. Yeah. They're like, we got to make a reel. I'm like, what the hell is a reel, you know? Yeah, so yeah, you yeah. got to have people that are, like, you know, that know the meta, basically, yeah. like, what you're supposed to post. And yeah. that's not me, but... Uh, I'm impressed you didn't I have mean, it for 10 years. I wish yeah, I had I not know. had it for 10 years. Facebook, Instagram, I'll send Snapchats every once in a while, but that's about it. Yeah. No, that's actually cool. I think I respect you a little more than I did before knowing that. <laughs> Hell yeah. That's pretty badass. Um, all right. Well, listen, I think that now would be a good time to uh, listen to one of your songs. You up for that? Yeah, let's do it. Not?
This episode and our festival are sponsored by Pure Honey magazine, and it is a staple down here. It's been um, just such a resource for South Florida music scene. Why don't you tell us a little bit about Molly? Yes. Back in 2011, they went old school with the physical zine that provides both a service to the South Florida scene and a vehicle for businesses to get their messages out to a growing segment of readers who continue to embrace and admire a retro product. Yeah, it's really cool. I don't know if you've ever read Pure Honey magazine. I'm sure you have. They're all over the place and they're Absolutely. really great. Yeah, yeah. Uh, Pure Honey has been has been around for, for quite a while now and it is um, it is an a- absolute resource for um, musicians, for music, um, for shows. Um, they have an amazing online calendar. They have an amazing calendar in the physical magazine. Um, you know, it's just it's just been a, a huge resource for shows and musicians. And um, we are, are very, very fortunate they reached out to us when they saw we were doing our festival for the second time this year. And they reached out to us and, and immediately said, uh, we want a sponsor. How do we get involved? Um, so having having someone like Pure Honey involved in 561 Music Festival is, is absolutely gold to us. Yeah, absolutely. It makes us... Uh feel official so th- right. thank you pure honey we yeah, really so, appreciate yeah, it yeah thank you very much and uh, big props to, to pure honey for uh, for stepping up and sponsoring us this episode and the festival are also sponsored by backsaver chiropractic care and therapy um, these guys are absolutely amazing. Dr. Christopher White over there, um, great, great, great chiropractor, um, amazing just individual, amazing person, huge supporter of the arts and uh, and the local music scene. Um, they were uh, one one of the very few sponsors, one of one of the only almost sponsors that we had for the first festival. Um, yep. When we had the first festival, uh, Dr. Chris White stepped up to the plate and said, "How do I get involved? I'm going to do this. Let's let's do this." And uh, was one of the you know purchased one of the top tier sponsorships that we had for the festival last year. So kind, yeah. We couldn't have done it without it. It really saved us. So you know, Ab- we really appreciate it. Absolutely. And this year. When we announced the festival, um, I don't think I had even finished the announcement that the festival was going to happen, and he was reaching out again. How do I get involved? Let's do this again. And once again, they are our top-tier sponsor. So, um, you know, thank you very much to uh, to Chris and his whole team over there. Um, if you guys are involved in, in an auto accident or any personal injury issues, um, you have back issues, uh, any anything like that, go see Dr. Chris White. He's he's absolutely amazing, uh, and and back saver. Those guys are. Um, all amazing over there. You know, they they do the massage therapy. They do the adjustments on your back. You know any anything like that. So definitely go check them out and uh, tell them we sent you and tell them thank you for for being huge sponsors of local music. Yeah, excellent chiropractors and also patrons of the arts. So thank you very much. Yeah, thank you. Five Six One Music is sponsored by Handlebars Bar and Grill. We have been sponsored by Handlebars for a long time now. They've been incredibly supportive of the podcast. There's been a lot of changes up there. Now the food is supplied by world-famous McRae's Backyard Barbecue. That's 1977. McRae's Barbecue is fantastic food. The first one I went to was down Riviera Beach, and it is really some killer barbecue. Uh, so if you're looking for delicious food, somewhere to ride your bike out on a Saturday or Sunday, and uh, delicious beers, then Handlebars has got it all for you. We're so happy to have McRae's involved with the whole thing because they've really upped the game in terms of the food. 
There is a bike night every second Thursday of the month, and Handlebars is open Thursday, Friday, Saturday, and Sunday. Come check out Handlebars in Tequesta, just off US 1. Hope to see you there. We are also sponsored by Oasis Root. Now, Oasis Root Carver Bar is in Seagrape Square on Indian Town Road, and it is a carver bar. If you don't know anything about carver, it's a Polynesian root that you grind up and you mix with water. And it has been in Polynesia for potentially thousands of years. It's, a, it's an old thing that um, they used for kind of ceremonial and also um, sort of ledger purposes. It, it's meant to be something where, you know, that brings people together. Um, you all take a, a shell of carver and chink them together and say bula and have it together like that. It's meant to be something to bring people together. It uh, has a kind of an effect, which is, I guess, a kind of a slightly warming effect. Uh, it just kind of makes you feel a, a, a nice. It's not particularly intoxicating. It's not like drinking alcohol. So the atmosphere in a carver bar is sort of like um, a cross between a regular bar and uh, a coffee house pretty chill in there um you get all sorts of different types of carver bars some of them are more like a club you know this sort of like black light and edm playing and some of them are more like a cafe this is one of the cafe type of ones it's it's super chill in there if you're looking for somewhere to i don't know maybe go and do some work on your laptop or go and have a chat with friends it's perfect for that kind of thing there's a foosball table in there if that's your jam or baby foot as they call it in france and uh yeah, Jim, the owner, is a really cool guy, and he has very kindly sponsored our podcast. So thank you very, very much for that, Jim. They also do a poker night in there. All sorts of things going on at Oasis Root Carver Bar. 561 Music is sponsored by Live Music Community. It's where we film the podcast that you're listening to right now, and it's also where I work. Gavin, Hector's son, was a student here for a long time, and in many ways he's the musician he is today because of the teachers at Live Music Community. We taught him not only about his instrument, but also about being in a band. And his band, Unemployed Youth, accomplished a lot of goals, mostly band etiquette, how to work together, and all of the nitty-gritty that goes into being in a band on a day-to-day basis. The student signs up for lessons, learns their instrument, joins a real band, and decides the direction it goes in. And we can take people from very young age, you know, six or seven years old, all the way up to 80. You know, there's no age limit here. Um, We run an adult program for people who want to be in a band as adults. But really, the main focus is on the on the kids and getting them playing together and in bands. Um, We are also a studio, a live stream venue, and we can record audio or video. The Killbillies live album, Warts and All, was recorded here. It was recorded during a live stream that we did during COVID. Justin had a great idea to record live streams during COVID. A ton of bands came in and it was a real success. Um, But outside of that, we can record albums. We can help you with your EPK and we have full audio visual capabilities here. LMC is in Palm Beach Gardens on the northwest corner of Military Trail and North Lake Boulevard. It's north of the gas station right before you get to North Lake on Military Trail. And if you go to livemusiccommunity.com, you have all the information you'll need right there. Thanks. All right, so as per usual, we've just been listening to a, a ad for Live Music Community, one of our sponsors and the place that I work at. And uh, it is a music school and a place where we're trying to, you know, help people 
get into the world of live music and and, and play and be in bands. So uh, do you have any advice for um, aspiring musicians, guys? Yeah, I mean, just practice. I mean, it sounds cliche, but practice, practice, practice. I mean, like it's, especially for a drummer, if you just kind of do it, go out it lackadaisically, it's, it's just you're never going to get better. You just got to go out of your comfort zone, just practice, just try, try different things. Yeah. That's like the biggest thing, just stick with it. Yeah, stick with it. Um, I've said this a million times before on the show, but um, something that James said, which resonated with me, James, the banjo player in our band, and he does, he's, he's a bass player as well. He plays all sorts of different things. But, you know, he said the difference between, you know, someone who's a musician and someone who isn't is they're still doing it. You know, yeah. you just got to keep doing it. <laughs> I think that's the most important thing above anything else. Yeah, yeah you got any other pearls of wisdom? To that point, like... If you're an aspiring drummer, like drum in the car, like play music and drum along with it. Like that's where I've learned how to play the drums. Yeah. Honestly, I mean, <laughs> like, my, yeah. my middle school teachers hated me because it's like constantly playing drums with your hands on the desk, and I'm just like, "What?" And like, "What are you doing?" I'm like, "Sorry, it's just yeah, a, the it's desk just habit." Yeah. Pay attention <laughs> yeah. to the road, but definitely drum. Also, yeah. if you're aspiring to play a string instrument, two things: Guitar Hero. <laughs> it gets your finger muscles like up to speed a lot of people have said that on here actually yeah. really yeah, yeah i think yeah. it's a lot of people our age yeah like, it just like, gets your brain and your fingers like, like younger when it came out yeah yeah totally and also just put in headphones and play along with your favorite song until you can play it perfectly yep you yeah, know look man. up tabs anything you can do yeah the tabs nowadays like you can find anything so you got anything to add to that mike i think like with stringed instruments as far as that goes like like I said, Adam had convinced me that I, I didn't think I could have the muscle memory to kind of, you know, remember chords and everything. But it's like start with just one note, just go up and down the neck, kind of explore a little bit. Eventually, you'll get used to the muscle memory. And it's just it's a lot easier than it actually seems to get into it and just kind of progress. And yeah. it's like, you know, I, we were I think we were all on and off with guitar lessons and everything, but like mostly self-taught, just kind of spent trial and error, just, you know, fretting different notes and just kind of exploring you know you get one of those little chord books and everything and you kind of just put your fingers into place i mean you anyone could do it to be honest yeah totally i i, I think with guitar it doesn't take that long to make an okay sound of it but then the sky's the limit you know it's yeah. like a lifelong journey of exactly. how much better you can get it yeah in. i mean learn the basics rudiments for drums strings anything i mean if you're a singer just start just start singing start practicing i mean like find people who are already doing it and try to get their advice and whatnot. Just just stick with it. I mean, it's like you're never going to get progress unless you actually keep playing. Yeah. You know, I mean, it's like I guess it's the same thing with working out. You're not going to see results day two, but a month later, you know, you, you start noticing some changes. So it's it's the same thing with, with music. I mean, just stick with it. You're not going to notice a difference after day three, but a month later, you're like, well, wow, okay, I'm not terrible. Like, I'm, this is actually something I keep doing. And also, like, YouTube nowadays. Like, YouTube is nothing like it is now back when we were learning yeah but now there's like you type in a song with the word cover afterwards there's like 100 people covering it mm-hmm. you can also see the actual artist playing it live so it's like yeah. if you want to learn something like you can really you have the resources to learn it basically. yeah when i'm teaching um people how to play songs if they say they want to um play a certain song and they want to do a cover of a song um you know if it's sort of singer songwriter type acoustic guitar people will you know we'll, we'll listen to the song and then we'll watch someone do it on you we'll, we'll, we'll watch the the artist do it and then we'll look up two or three covers of other people doing it to get ideas and then we'll kind of find our version that way you yeah. know there's you're right youtube is great and the, the amount of time i spend 
on YouTube doing music related things, especially like guitar exercises and stuff. There's just reams and reams of that stuff, you yep. know. Now I'm doing the, the hurdy gurdy too. There's a ton of hurdy gurdy <laughs> stuff on there. I know it's a ludicrous <laughs> instrument. I can't Tell believe it. Tell us more about this hurdy gurdy. Yeah. Oh, I haven't so, heard of it. I would love to. So, <laughs> do you have one here? Um, yeah, I d- uh, no, I didn't bring it. Um, I, I, I usually do. I normally bring it in here because I am practicing the hell out of it. But it's really cool. It's like, if you can imagine a ba- a, cro- a cross between like a bagpipe and like the violin, so it's it's a wheel. So it's a string instrument. It's a string instrument. You turn it like this, and it has drone strings. But then one of the strings um, is fretted with little keys, and so um, it has this kind of bass of of a drone, and then you play over the top of the drone. But it also has this little buzzing piece of wood that um, is attached to the crank. And every if you turn it hard, it goes zzz. So you can go like zzzzzzzzzzzzzzzzzzzzzzzzzzzzzzzzzzzzzzzzzzzzzzzzzzzzzzzzzzzzzzzzzzzzzzzzzzzzzzzzzzzzzzzzzzzzzzzzzzzz
getting sick over it. It's just like not, you know, it's just not fun. Well, you're preaching to the choir over here. I totally agree <laughs> with that. Yeah, it took me a very long time to realize that, unfortunately. Well, but, um, yeah. So, uh, and yeah, I guess we are gonna we're, we're gonna put both of them on there. So, um, uh, what's the what's the other one? The other one's called SFL. That's just about how overpopulated South Florida is becoming. And, you know, I, I usually commute oh, for work every day. And it's just like I'm, I'm usually going down for like Fort Lauderdale, Miami. And to just see like the sheer like amount of people that are down here now and just like the, the effects traffic causes and just like the way people drive and the way just everywhere, you know, is becoming overpopulated. Like there's a lyric about just like Miami, just like sinking into the ocean and just yeah. stuff like it's typical like Florida, you know, band stuff. But it's like really like we've we're Florida natives and we've just... You know, like my parents, when they first, you know, lived in Boca, it was kind of like a small beach town. And now it's becoming more high rises and more like Fort Lauderdale, Miami type vibe. And well, look they at just Jupiter these days, you know, yep. Jupiter is oh, just the same. same. Like it's like it's sort of like Boynton now, you know, exactly. it's like busy. Yep. It's crazy. Um, and even when I first I mean, I appreciate that I'm part of the problem because I've been here for, you know, around 12 years. But um but you know, I have been here for twelve years now, and I've and I've seen the yeah. I've seen the change, and it's been a big one. Honestly. You're a native now, so yeah, <laughs> I'll take it. But yeah, I've seen it. Thank you. I, I, I've seen it change though, and a, a lot in in just that short amount of time. Because stuff does change in England, but it takes a lot longer, you yep. know. And here, you just it's you, you can almost see it happening, like in front of your eyes. And Mike does work in construction, so you're kind of part of the problem. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. there is there is lines about overbuilding. I mean, we do. I do like interior renovations and stuff. So it's existing structures, but still, there you go. My, no, yeah, there you go. That's not that's not part Mike. of the problem. That's good stuff. Yeah, you know, remodeling. Yeah. But you know, that's something that always irritated me is that you'll have all of these crumbled down old strip malls and things then i built a brand new one right next to this one that no one's yep. using it's like what i mean i know it. why yeah but it's just a shame you know yeah, unless there's like structural concerns just repurpose it you know? i'm saying do that we'll do it for you, you yeah know? exactly there you go a good plug <laughs> you got shameless plug yeah <laughs> <laughs> that's cool i yeah. didn't know you're into construction that's, yeah that's badass uh, um yeah cool so we've got some of your uh gear that we're going to take a look at could you bring something up on the screen there so could you tell us a little bit about this kit yeah so uh i had the same kit up until last year and i finally pulled the trigger on a, on a new kit and it's actually a shout out to a good friend garrett owns a pizza place called how you doing how you down doing? in boca how you doing? and uh he <laughs> was in on, yeah, yeah. <laughs> he was in on one of our practices just hanging out whatever and nonchalantly mentions uh Oh yeah, by the way, my uh, my best friend owns Sam Ash. So I'm like, oh, that's cool. Like the one at Margate. He's like, no, like the entire company. I'm like, that's oh wild. shit, okay. So I got I got his contact info. Long story short, I got Adam Ash's personal number. So he gave me the I got this kit finally for I saved like a thousand bucks. So I was like, well. screw it, I'm just gonna pull the trigger and do it. So I mean, I love it now. I mean, I actually in the picture you have all five pieces. I actually took off the bigger tom, so I just rocked the one tom, the floor, and the snare, and the kick, but. Yeah, right. I love it. It sounds great. It's it's. I've wanted a DW since I was a kid. So yeah, I have a DW too. I just got and I, and I I've just been I've been very much enjoying it. It's not the same vibe. It's a, not so. It's a it's a smaller kit, but yeah, they, yeah, yeah. The good drums. That's yeah. For sure. Mine's mine's a little big. I mean, I have a. I mean, some drums you don't need to have big to make them sound big if you can tune it right and treat it right. But I'm I mine's a 22 inch bass drum, so it's it's 
Hey, man. It's fat, go, but go it there. sounds great. Yeah. <laughs> then I yeah. bought a uh, the chrome plated snare with it because it, it came with like a stock snare. Then I bought this with it because I wanted a deeper snare versus the shallow. And it just I usually tune my shit way up, yeah. almost at, like ska, like hardcore Kay. punk, like yeah. super yeah, like super super tight, super loud and oh, high pitch. Cool. But yeah, so I, I've been loving loving the crap out of this kit though. I have a big deep maple snare it's yeah. like boosh it's like a totally different yeah vibe. i was i was excited i've always had a wood snare but i was excited to finally have a a metal snare and it's it's such a different sound but it sounds sounds great i love it oh absolutely i experiment with them quite a lot in killbillies because one of the things i do in that band is um uh we have feet drums in the band there's, yeah. there's a like a um, james plays a kick and i play the snare and um and i'm always switching them out and seeing you know but i think i finally settled on i mean probably not i'll probably get another one in six months <laughs> yeah no I, trust me i know I'm, I'm like i'm always so tempted to buy new symbols and all that it's usually like the equipment i'm buying constantly i yeah. mean i had to buy a new symbol recently which you know that's another 450 dollars on the drain but yeah my poor wife and she goes nuts i'm like uh this will be the last thing i promise it never is yeah no it never is <laughs> it's, it's an addiction <laughs> You gotta yeah. love American Music Supply with their uh, payment plan. Yeah, exactly. I'm saying. So, um, yeah, we got some uh, a lovely picture of this guitar. Could you tell us uh, what, what's going on here? So, yeah, I got this Strat. What was like I think last summer, and it's uh, this color Miami blue. And it's it's funny because like it kind of changes colors in different pictures. Like some pictures it's like darker blue, and then some pictures it's like lighter. Oh, cool. Um, I saw... Is that a humbucker up there at the bridge? That is a humbucker, the Zebra humbucker, and it has a coil tap, so you could do a single coil, but I like all my guitars need to have humbuckers. I, I was previously playing like a Les Paul Special, yeah, and I didn't think I could go to the Strat because like Strats are typically more high frequency and it's kind of like yeah. classic sounding. This, it's like an HSS Ultra Strat, and uh, some of my favorite bands, like the dudes from... No pressure, super heaven, turnstile, all started using these same strat guitars and I was just like, if it's heavy enough for them, like it's definitely got some resonance where I could get, you know, because I'm playing rhythm most of the time, I could get that low and mid frequency. Yeah. And it's like it's a lot to do with the pickups, you know. It is a little beefy sound. Because typically strats aren't like that. It's more kind of twangy, like high frequency focused stuff, but with the humbucker. And like I said, I'm using the rocker verb, so it's just like to kind of have the high frequency guitar with the more low f- mid frequency amp. I think it's a it's a good contrast to get that like fat tone. Yeah, absolutely. I have a soft spot in my heart for strats. My first guitar was a strat. Same. And um, it, which unfortunately, uh, a, someone who will remain nameless uh, sold behind my back and is now <laughs> now vanished. <laughs> Yeah, I'm very gutted about that. Sorry to hear that. Yeah, it's a total bummer. It was a Wayne's World 2. No but, Yeah, yeah. And it actually had the little plaque on the back that said Wayne's World 2. I'm God, so glad. Please tell me it was the white one. Yeah. yeah that's oh, it. dude. Yeah, yeah. I was good. Yeah. He's he's not here, but our lead guitarist, Andreas, we don't, I don't have a picture up there, but he has a beautiful, he bought a beautiful Telecaster, like like one-off uh, Mary Kay Blonde, like only made like oh, a certain cool. amount of them, like vintage 50s pickups. Like I said, it's such a wild sound it's, it's nice. like between his strat and then his telecaster it just sounds 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 great we've had some cool guitars come through this week um all of the guys from Gatto play these like hollow body gretches even the yeah, bass yeah, is yeah. a hollow body gretch and oh, it, wow. yeah they're so awesome oh, that's dude. sick yeah totally i could i don't i don't think it, I, with guitars because they're such like fetishized like consumer things it's like you could never have enough guitars. You know, mm-hmm. there's just so many little tiny details at each one. Oh, man. Yeah. But at three in the morning, if I'm doing anything, I'm probably like 
looking at guitars. <laughs> yeah. Just window shopping. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, on the totally. wish list. Before yeah. I got that, yeah, it was like a lot of time spent on Reverb, eBay, like Sweetwater, guitar. So like just going down the rabbit hole of like all the gear configurations. And like we were, I was watching so many like rig rundowns and just kind of getting into what everybody used, like everything from guitars, yeah. pedals, amps. And we finally all. convinced them not to buy used gear. Because <laughs> it usually yeah. breaks. Yeah, for sure. Um, do, do you uh, use pedals? We do use pedals. Andreas's uh, pedal board is a little more involved uh, right. than mine. I, I should have submitted it. Uh, I, I the, my coolest pedal was like an Earthquaker devices afterneath, and Earthquaker just has so many like cool pedals that you could just kind of you know ev- everything from reverbs, delays, modulations. I mean, I mean, it's a shit ton of money to spend, but it's like it's usually worth it. Yeah, absolutely. No, I I, I love all of that too it's definitely another it's probably worse than the guitar thing because they're affordable (laughs) yeah Mm -hmm. so it's like you know you you can you just keep chipping away at your save because it's well that's 90 bucks you know (laughs) there's a bunch of memes about that it's like 300 (laughs) dollar pedal like yeah i'm down for that yeah i know yeah it's crazy do you want to go into your and andreas's amp and head real quick i mean we could i mean we're both using uh rocker verb 50s okay uh, what is it the mark threes and uh, yeah it's just just super fat at first because i was using the black star i wasn't getting like when i would do palm mutes i wasn't getting like the same bite out of it because it's more high frequency kind of more marshally or pv style yeah but now like i've i kind of have my treble on it super high where i can get the bite and i i didn't really want to you know use another like a boost pedal or whatever it has enough distortion but now with the treble higher, I feel like I could get the bite out of it when I'm doing palm mutes. And it's nice. still kind of like wall of fuzz sort of sounding, but it's Have it's you really ever cool. messed around with um, a, like a noise suppressor? I found they could get chugs really crazy, like if you set them right. I think know. Andreas has one. I haven't personally, but I think Andreas might have one. Yeah, yeah. That's something that I discovered years ago when I was playing more of that kind of music is, you know, you could really get some bite out of, you know, with compressing and then like a noise yep. suppressor. Works real good. Um, so what do you guys got coming up? What's in, in what's in the future for uh, Eastway? So I mean, we um, we mentioned earlier, but we have the the debut single coming out about April twelfth. Like April twelfth. So that's big for us. Um, we have several shows coming up. Well, the next one is going to be the Five Six One Music po- uh, Festival and Matthews whoop, Brewing, whoop. Yes, number sir. two. Um, a little shortly after that, I believe we're playing. Prosperity after that, no? No, before Prosperity, we were oh, playing propaganda. Uh, propaganda on May 7th. My bad. April 7th. April 7th? Nice. I used to play oh, yeah, Propaganda April 7th. all the time. I've got to get back in there. I haven't yeah, played it for a minute. Yeah, April New 7th ownership. there, and then yeah. May 20th. May 20th? A- no, it's April 7th, and then April 22nd, we're doing uh, right. the, the fifth year anniversary at Prosperity, which is like kind of become our favorite bar because, like I said, our warehouse is right behind there. We go in and out of there. We, we love dom the owner he's done so much for us and the whole staff like everyone's super cool there it's kind of become like a a family environment for us so it's like we're in and out of there and i think we've played there four times already and like the first show back we played at prosperity like out front and we've kind of moved around they it's kind of a cool like backyard brewery type of environment where it's like a little industrial center like in the back so it's kind of off the beaten path and you could kind of have a bunch of people outside in like the parking back parking lot area so nice. he's been setting up shows there, and that's where we're going to play together on, on May 20th with uh, 
for the Long Live the Scene show too. And there's, oh right, we're playing that. Yep. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Right. There's Thank a you. bunch of cool bands on there, and we're stoked to play with y'all. We're stoked to play with with everyone on there. So yeah, absolutely. Yeah, gonna yeah. be loads of fun. Besides all that, I mean, we don't have a set day, but eventually, want to get back in the studio with our buddy Greg. Um, and I mean, now we know what we're doing versus going for it the first time. So we'll probably try to do like a two or three songs in one go. Um, and then also uh, shout out Ricky and uh, Rocky. They want to record our uh, one of our songs that we didn't play today, but it's uh, called Lockdown. We actually have a funny story how we wrote it, which I'll let Mike What's get into. What's the story, Mike? Yeah. But um, yeah, they want to record that because they, they did a live recording for Long Live the Scene Volume 1 of that song. And then they actually just, Ricky actually just uh, did the live recording, kind of mixing and mastering to the best of his ability from our recent show at Tough Times. Yeah. So that we Well, he that puts everything there. to that Zoom, doesn't he? And, yeah. And yeah. That, like, if we're going to do that at the 561 Music Fest. We're recording everyone's sets. It's going to yeah, be that's awesome. sick. Nice. Should yeah. be some, some live albums that come out of that, for oh, sure. Oh, for sure, yeah, yeah. No doubt about it. Something I wanted to ask you, just because we were talking about songs, is do you have um, any anything interesting to say about the lyrical content of your band and, like, how you write so- how you write the lyrics sometimes it's like i feel like there's no in between like it it might be about serious more introspective subjects whether it's you know like like depression or anxiety or whatever like human emotions versus just like some funny bullshit like with with lockdown it was just kind of this joke that we were jamming one day adam was late to practice and we had our band group message and like his uh we were texting him and uh his girlfriend had texted us from his phone was just like Adam's not allowed to come out of my room. Mm-hmm. And I was just like, like, what? Like, what? And then I kind of started to think, like, what the fuck is going on in there? Like, and yeah. we start kind of going off on this tangent of, like, he's, like, locked in this, like, sex dungeon. And, like, some, like, really, like, <laughs> yeah. kinky, like, BDSM shit's going on. And, like, I just start playing the song. And within, like, 20, 30 minutes, we had the song just uh-huh. yeah. before yeah, he got into By the time I got to practice, yeah. they're playing the song. I was like, <laughs> it was kind of wild. This is pretty good. I was like, wait, what are the words again? <laughs> <laughs> oh, yeah, some of our favorite lyrics was, uh, we, the, we go through, like, a kind of a bridge part. And then uh, we all, like hit like rap, like ring out notes and then uh mike comes in strumming the guitar real fast punk style and then like just um, the first lyrics is like she's Jeez. gonna get the strap on now oh <laughs> and it's like, like yeah it's yeah. a big joke we're up there but it's pretty yeah, fun it, it doesn't That's actually it. happen to our knowledge it's a total joke it's a total joke i promise yeah yeah it's a joke yeah yeah we don't kick so the uh um, when it comes to writing lyrics in general, though, is there any kind of um, dominant theme, or do you, would you say you'd go to all sorts of different places? Yeah, like all, all sorts of different places. And like I said, sometimes it's about I feel like describing how it feels to like feel a feeling, and it, like it, just using random phrases that would like be descriptive of like different kind of emotions. And it's yeah. just like, like I said, I've written more serious songs, and then like. Like with lockdown, it was like more of like an old school like blank kind of joke song where they just sure. kind of you know like it's just a funny like joke of a song. Yeah. So it's like it's it's kind of like at least lately it's either been one or the other. But I think as we kind of get into it, it's just like you know general life experience sort of stuff and just sure. trying to kind of uh, be like products of our environment, writing about living in South Florida and you know the craziness that ensues and everything. Yeah. So. Life through the lens of four South Floridian lads. Yeah, I mean, we <laughs> love it here, but it's 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 interesting sometimes. <laughs> so, um, Kelbillies is playing 
at 9pm on Friday at O'Shea's. And uh, that's one of our favourite places to play. It's like a home away from home in a way. We Last weekend we played there twice. So this time of year's the weekend before last we played there twice. This time of year we've really hit the Irish pubs hard. So um, hopefully O'Shea's isn't too sick of us because we're going to be back there on Friday. I'm looking forward to it. It's always a good laugh down there. It's always busy. And then... Um, on Saturday, we are back at Paddy Max, which is we were at Paddy Max for twelve hours last weekend. <laughs> so um, yeah. yeah, so we're back back at the scene of the crime on on Saturday. <laughs> that that should be fun. Um, and then on Sunday, I have a solo gig at a place called Golden Juicery in Juno Beach. This place is really nice. I recently did a photo shoot of um, Jacob Tacos in there, and it. The fact that we chose it to do a photo shoot kind of gives you the an idea of like how cool of a place it is. It's really pretty in there, and um, I'm playing there from ten to one. Um, so if anyone wants to come and see some morning music of me just strumming a guitar at ten a.m., come swing by there at, um, on Sunday. And um, the other thing that we of course have to talk about is the five six one music festival, which is on April first. And I feel like it's very important to say that uh, it is not an April Fool's joke. It actually is happening. Um, we have 20 bands and uh, on two stages. The stages are um, just e- equally important. There's no on stage and off stage. There's nothing like that. It's, uh, it's all about... Uh, <laughs> it's, all, it's, it's, it's all about like good bands all day. From noon to uh, to eleven p.m., we have Octo Gatto, Tasty Vibrations, Uproot Hoot Nanny, Jake Walden, Joey Calderea, Bryce Allen, Libica, Kilbillies, that's me, The Shake, nineteen eighty three, Dominic Delaney and the Dead Language, The Buck Stops Here, Rogue Theory, Young Fiction, Hadi, Stumble Steady, Eastway, yeah, the lads that are here, <laughs> Andy Styron. Euphobia and Fox Maple Band. And it is going to be a blast. We have to thank all of the sponsors that uh, agreed to do it. So we've got um, Oasis Root. We've got uh, Pure Honey. We've got Raincap Recordings. Easy Tees. Live Music Community. Matthews, which is where it is. Galliano Family Salon. Now, Galliano Family Salon. And Backsaver. And... Um, Galliano Family Salon is a very one that's close to my heart because it's James Galliano, who I've been talking about all episodes, business. It's his, uh, it's his uh, hair salon that he runs, and he will be running one of the stages and doing the sound. And so, of course, uh, you know, he's a sponsor because he's doing us a huge favor. But, um, yeah, it's going to be great. We're going to have the... Uh, the 561 Music Lounge, um, where you can come and... Um, I think we're calling it the 561 Music Living Room, um, where, you, where we're going to get the bands after they've played and we're going to talk to them about how the sets went. We're going to be recording all of the sets and um, you can get tickets online at our website, um, 561musicfest.com or 561music.com. Um, and uh, it's $10 um, for entry but then it's um 25 for um for a t- uh, a t-shirt and entry but then if you come to the event 
the the t-shirts are more expensive. So you save some money if you buy if you buy get the t-shirt and the ticket online. Buy the t-shirt. Uh, <laughs> yeah. And uh the t-shirts are pretty cool. I you know, I I still have mine from last year. I love it. I wear it all the time. And uh we we could still use um some volunteers. So if anyone wants to help us out, please um get in touch. We need people for um car parking duty which is uh there's they have a whole situation there where people need to be parking in the right spots um because it's in a sort of industrial district and we can't be parking in people's way and um so we need people to help us out with that and uh security i think we've got security covered but if there's any big strong people out there who want to help us out with security that'd be great and uh yeah, that's basically what's happening. The 561 Music Festival 2. I'm incredibly excited. I can't wait. I know Hector is too. And uh, let's just make it as good as it was last year, if not better. It was awesome. It was so much fun last year. We had a blast. So, um, yeah, please come. Please come and support your scene by supporting 561 Music Fest. And uh, I promise you won't be disappointed. All the bands are great. They're all fantastic. I'm really, really proud of our lineup this year. Um, I'm proud of every band on it, including uh, the lads we have here right now. It's going to yeah. be so you much fun. Come and, let me, come and see me make a fool of myself. <laughs> yep. yeah, you'll do great, Nick. Yeah, it's, exactly. It's early enough that drinking won't get to Nick. I, I mean, at least I think, but you never know. <laughs> just a few beers. And yeah. just like any other thing you're going to ever see on YouTube, please um, like and subscribe. And um, if you want to support the podcast, you can go on 561music.com and there is um, – there's oh, there's a, a button on there for you to uh, donate to support the podcast. We do not make any money out of this. There's no, you know, I'm not going out and buying sneakers off the podcast money. There's, we do, it all goes back into it. It goes into producing it and putting on the festival. We make zero money out of this. We just do it um, for the love of music and for the, for, the, for the love of Florida music and for the love of helping out bands and, and us all being able to grow together. So if you want to help us out with that, we would really, really appreciate it. And uh, I guess that's it, guys. So thanks so much for coming. Yeah, thank you, man. Thank you so much for having yeah, us. Thanks, man. It was a lot of fun. Yeah, man. All right. Peace out. See you.